You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Like not showing up. Yeah, I'm still too quiet. Can you turn my cans up a little more, please? Yes. I still can't. I don't know. Oh, that's better. That's better. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I had to turn them way down when I was editing last week's show because I was editing all. So I do apologize. I want to say, okay, so first off, episode 336 of the new Utah podcast. Um, it is, uh, divisible by three. So not prime. No, correct. It is not a prime show. It's now November. It's divisible by two, which is the easier well, way to tell. I know, but three, three, six is also divisible by three. Super obviously divisible by three. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, so last week's show was uh, Utah Adventure Week. We went out to the Krishna Temple. Such a great, amazing experience. Definitely encourage, you know, anyone that can to go out there. But editing that, the audio, I do apologize. We were using uh, uh, Zoom uh, for recording. We didn't, we didn't bring a mic. We did bring a mic, but it wasn't really conducive to using the mic because we were just... It was nice because it was just us and um, the guy, and that was it, uh, that was in the temple. And, like, someone came in and did some stuff while we were there. But, you know, we were grabbing. I was just trying to grab the raw sound of what was going on and, like, the and stuff that dis- he was saying. And not being disrespectful, too. Yeah, too. because he was telling a lot of stories, as you could tell. And, and we were in the temple, the actual temple itself. Right, yeah. so we can take pictures and we were trying to be respectful with the sound and not be intrusive and stuff. Is it just me that this is really quiet for? Are you guys in uh, the yeah, quieter to you yourselves? Just fine. I hear you fine. That's, will you turn me up a little more, please? Yep. Just keep going. Just go all the way up, basically. All that's, well, that's too high. Take me That's a little too high. The there we go. Maybe a little lower. That's probably okay <laughs> for now. That's better. I can hear. I was going to say the sound waves look fine and they're in front of me, but uh, the sound from my ears was yeah. slow. Anyway, so the sound quality was not the greatest. Um, you know, I was pulling out. There was a lot of background noise because he is a very quiet talker. And so pulling out the background noise, like you could literally hear the kitchen stuff going on while we were upstairs. The kitchen is downstairs and across the building from where we were at when we were talking. And you could hear it. So pulling out all that noise, that background noise, um, did all through that sound quality a little bit, but I think it was still pretty good. It was good enough that I, I left it in and, yeah. and I would not have left it in if I thought it was unlistenable, but I thought the stuff he had to say was, um, interesting enough to make sure yeah. that we heard it straight from him. Yeah, exactly. Cause we could try and re say what he said, but I don't think it's as impactful, especially like when he got into the, the stuff about the, about reincarnation mm-hmm. or, I, you know, I included the rap. I don't I know if you guys listened. I rap. included the rap that, that, pretty uh, cool. that he did for yeah, us. Yeah, we're, so. we're not going to recreate the rap. Well, and then his mantra at the end was really cool. Yeah. Well, and his mantra, I didn't have to fix as much because it was so loud on its own that it was, bla- you know, it was drowning out the background noise. So I didn't actually have to noise reduce much of that. Um, but anyway, so I do apologize uh, for, for that, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, oh, I need to put another thing on here. Sorry, it's 
been a busy couple of You're weeks. A little, and I'm a little yeah. scatterbrained. So <clears throat> this last weekend, um, I was uh, in Las Vegas. So myself, uh, Josh, our old co-host, um, and his wife, uh, our friend John and his son Truman, uh, and then our friend uh, Mark and his brother, also named Josh, Josh number two or other Josh, as I refer to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not around as much, so he gets the other Josh moniker for me. Um, we all went down to Las Vegas for this big Magic the Gathering 30th anniversary deal that Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro put on. It was interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I – I know I didn't go to bed before midnight uh, Pacific time um, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night, or Sunday night for that matter, because yeah. <laughs> we got in kind of late Sunday. Um, and, you know, I still got up when I get up. Like, I think the latest I slept was 7 a.m. Wow. Um, well, 8 a.m. our time. Yeah, but it's still, like, I'm right. going to bed at, like, 1 our time, so – and I think that was the day we were out on Fremont Street until almost two in the morning. Wow. Um, but it was fun. Tournament it was, was good, a, though. Uh, yeah. Not quite what you expected. It was interesting. So they did a whole bunch of special events that were like, you know, three matches. And they were like, <clears throat> like the one that I did on Sunday. And this is, these are the reason I went, was uh, an event where they took, you got three packs out of the last 12 sets that Magic printed. And you played with those cards. So three packs out of 12 sets each. Um, so 36 packs of cards. And you built a 60-card deck in under an hour. <laughs> that is challenging. That is really challenging. It was a lot of fun. Um, I did really so, well. In that so event, no bringing your own. No, there were some events. Like we oh. brought our own commander decks. Um, and So uh, Chris, John, and Truman all stayed in um, a VRBO and like the first night he sent me a picture where everybody had like gotten together and they were like going over their cards and what they had. And we were playing some games yeah. and testing and, um, cause we had some, con some constructed events, some limited events, but, um, it was, it was fun. It was a good cool. experience. I don't think I would do that type of event again. It was kind of a one time event. It was not a typical event. There is, however, I will point out, uh, to any nerds that happen to listen to this show, which is probably like three. <laughs> um, on uh, Bree's birthday weekend, um, Veterans Day weekend, the Utah has a Magic Summit. So it's a big, giant tournament. That well, it's actually like three or four tournaments, but there, uh, the event is huge. There are some of their like crazy VIP passes that get you into a whole bunch of events uh, on sale still, but not very many. But there's a lot of really big names in Magic that didn't go to Las Vegas uh, that are going to be here. Um, a lot of them decided they didn't want to waste their time going to Vegas if they weren't going to be paid to go because uh, that's a new thing Wizards is doing. They also had the World Championships at this event in Vegas. Hmm. Uh, and so I got to watch a little bit of that live. Don't know how I really felt about it, to be perfectly honest with you. It seemed very underwhelming uh, in terms of how they did it. It was almost like, here, you guys hide out in this back corner, the 32 best Magic players in the world this year. You go hide out in this back corner where you're playing for half a million dollars in prize money split between the three of them. Like The top prize was $100,000. You guys go hang out in this back corner. We're going to put some TVs up and all of our production equipment but we're going to have everyone else focused completely in a different area, and there was just not much interaction hmm. with that, which is pretty disappointing in my opinion. Um, 
Because that's the kind of event. But then, <clears throat> so we left as they were finishing up the finals. And so I, I just want to make a comment about Magic's popularity and lack of when it comes to online stuff that, that it used to have a little bit more. Uh, and then I'll be done talking about Magic. Um, we were leaving. We were watching on Twitch while we still had, you know, Vegas cell service uh, as much of that as we could. And I commented on the fact that there were about 13,000 viewers mm-hmm. for the final of the world championships in Magic. Um, League of Legends had their world championships going on. You want to know how many the main channel had? A couple more than 250,000. There you go. <laughs> there were streamers, just streamers that I follow that just fucking play whatever. This one guy was playing like, fuck, I don't know, some stupid ass game. 25,000 viewers for one dude playing a fucking video game. But, and, and granted, there were a bunch of people at the thing. Right. But like, they could have done more. I think they've really missed the, the, the chance to, to really be a, an esport type of deal. That's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, but anyway, if you live here in Utah, uh, now the weekend of the 11th of November, so here in just a couple of weeks, um, at the Salt Palace, there are actual really big tournaments. So there is a, a really, really big tournament. It's a sealed tournament. So you get, Everyone gets six packs of cards. You build a 40 card deck. Um, the winner of that tournament, which will, will span over two days because you'll have the initial stuff and then you'll have, you know, um, a day two. And then after the day two, you'll have a top eight. So it'll be a lot of rounds. Gets a Black Lotus, the revised edition Black Lotus, which is a very expensive card. It's probably worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 grand. Wow. For this card. Uh, and then they're doing a bunch of $5,000 prize events. And so, um, um, I think a modern event, a pioneer event, and then another sealed deck event with the brand new set that, that comes out that weekend. Um, where they are the same thing. Big tournament will last all day going into a second day. Uh, and it's a $5,000 first prize. Are you guys um, going to that one? The guys want to. I don't know. It's Bree's birthday. I feel like uh, I should spend some time with her since I just spent four days in another town <laughs> playing Magic. That, uh, but it is a big event here, and I would like to support it so that I so that we could continue to right. see that sort of stuff come here. Have it come again. So anyway, that was my weekend. Cool. Um, um, you know that we never even mentioned Fanex. I think. Yeah, because I don't give a shit. That was a couple weeks ago, though. Yeah, but we didn't. But even I mean, talk we didn't talk it about it before because none of us went, and I think we're all just kind of over it's it. The same show over and over and over and over again. I yeah. mean, some of the celebrities are kind of cool, but it's not enough to go. There's no breaking news that comes out of it. It's yeah, it's kind of over. Well, they got the they got the formula right the first time, but then they just repeated over and over and over without. They didn't innovate into that. Change. They really did a good job, and for the first couple of years, there was enough stuff, and now. The panels and things like that, they, they just the are repetitive. Same panels with the, the same, same people, people, the same authors talking about the same stuff with the same viewpoints. That's just not entertaining. And you can go walk the show floor in four to six hours and it's a bunch of junk and then some good art. But I can't buy art anymore. I'm out of space. So <laughs> only originals. Um, yeah. Well, in fact, it had come and gone before I even realized that it had happened because I saw people posting about it like the week weekend of after i'm like oh yeah i'm more interested in doing stuff like going to bear lake with the friends you know that's the the kind of stuff that i'd rather spend my time doing now so uh, and playing magic apparently i really 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 had 
fun actually playing. That's what I go there for. But I didn't give myself enough break, so I was a little. I'm a little run down. Um, and speaking, well, of- I mean, they left at like eleven o'clock Thursday. Got down to Vegas, checked in, wandered around, played Thursday night, and then started in Friday morning all the way to midnight. Saturday morning all the way to midnight, and then Sunday, Sunday until about three thirty. And then we they left. drove here. Didn't get here until like what was it eleven eleven thirty twelve somewhere in there, <laughs> and then. Yesterday morning, had to get up. So we record on Tuesdays for those of you that have not figured it out and we don't talk about it all the time. So Monday morning, I then get up early. Well, not, ha- so Halloween day, we yeah. got up early and our dog took our dog in for surgery. Yeah. So Phoebe had surgery. She had another uh, TPLO on the other leg. Um, she did incredibly well. She was a little weird after this time because I don't think they gave her as much like anesthesia. So last time, um, they have a, like an overnight nurse. And you can choose to like leave your dog there. You have to pay extra, but you can leave them there or whatever. So they actually prefer that most of the time. But we, we took, we brought her home last time, but this time because it was Halloween night, they weren't having an overnight oh, nurse yeah. and they so, knew that she would be fine coming home. So they didn't drug her. So up I don't think much. they drugged her up as much. And so she had kind of these weird whimpers and Chris looked it up and it's anesthesia. And I verified it with the doctor that it's like an anesthesia thing, but it was weird because she doesn't whimper like. You can step on her foot and she doesn't. She doesn't really whine. You know, and so like it was kind of weird, but you saw her when you came in today. She was, she doesn't jump right now because she can't, but she was all excited, tail wagging, sniffing. And Halloween was a good day for us because we don't ever get trick or treaters. We We had one. We have uh, the black light on the porch is not inviting, by the way, because it's really dark, but it was turned off on purpose. We but had we had our, I had my railing lights on. So. But we had the kids uh, over and we had Don came over and Sean and Sean her and, roommate. Sean and her roommate came over and brought us pizza and Chris got um, the corn 50 do- cent corn dogs from, corn dogs from Sonic, Sonic on Halloween. Nice. So we broke. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so you guys. All time record. So, so we do donuts, candy, hot chocolate and cider. Mm-hmm. And then we have our fire pit because we're in a cul-de-sac, which it, Ours is a little bit bigger because most cul-de-sacs are just a, a circle. Mine, ours is actually a little bit longer. It's like a neck. Well, yeah. and it's a really big circle. Like our circle, because yeah. we live in a cul-de-sac, and our circle but is our nowhere circle near has as like big three as houses, yours. and I think yours has like, like five, five around the circle, or something yeah. like that. So anyway, so so what most of the the people do is they come, the parents park at our house, let their kids do the cul-de-sac, and then catch up with them. So this year. What are, are the are the bigger bags of candy? What are they? Two and a half pounds, something like that. I don't know. Something dude. like that. I buy. I bought a bag of candy at Sam's Club that was like three hundred pieces because I said we're probably not even going to give any out. We we hadn't scheduled Phoebe's surgery when we bought it. It and sat our in our laundry was, room for a month. Our plan was to just like donate it to your cause. So we went through there. three of those. So ballpark seven pounds of candy. Uh, like there's a few suckers at the bottom. Was it? Ten dozen donuts. How many pixie sticks, though? <laughs> no pixie sticks. Um, our entire five-gallon jug of hot chocolate. Nothing but a little bit of sludge in the bottom. All the cider gone. Like it was, it was crazy. That's too bad That's because good, I think we're we're uh, we must be bad luck because yeah, last year when we came like, last we had, year like, I brought ten people. Last year I brought COVID too. Remember yeah. when I had COVID? We didn't know, and I wore a mask. Yeah. Um, but I brought COVID. I mean, over. we did okay last year. We always do fairly well. But I, I kind of think part of it is people are 
the COVID thing. People are done with it. People wanted to get back out. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm going to go back to talking about magic for a second. <laughs> so Wizards of the Coast is a Seattle-based company, and they like every It's not other... really about magic, is it? it? Well, no. And so this is a big, big event. I mean, there were probably 10,000-plus people there at least, if not more. I mean, there, it was humongous, the number of people there. Um, like most of these small events that I was joining were like 170 entries. So, and there were tons of them. Like it was completely full of people. Anyway, uh, you know, I knew this going in cause it was part of the ticket purchase. Like they called it out pretty big. Had to wear, had to have proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Uh, and they had a huge health check station. They put a stupid wristband on you. You also had to wear a mask the entire event. Really? Can I tell you how fucking annoying it is that in a world where literally no one wears masks anymore in conventions, unless they're feeling sick or they are immunocompromised. I've been to three medical conventions and none of them wore fucking masks in the last year. It's like insane. And, and, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, so we had to wear a mask the whole time by the third day. No one was wearing their masks <laughs> and everyone was just kind of like, if you're going to come tell me to put my mask on and go fuck yourself and I'll leave. Like, I'm just done with it because it's just stupid. There was no reason other than like stupid ultra. I don't want to say ultra liberal, but that's exactly what that is. It's like this weird fucking. There's still a weird branch of people that are super obsessed with it. Don't like think it's, it's still this thing. It's an epidemic. And by the way, I'm totally all for vaccinations. Right. The bivalent booster that they've released and are pushing really hard. Guess what? It doesn't protect against the predominant strains of COVID right now, which are what they call the Scrabble strains. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about COVID anymore. I just want to talk about the masking thing. I thought it was weird. The one here in Salt Lake, by the way, I'm not going to have to wear masks. We don't have to have them on flights anymore. No. Which the, the cruise ships. So this is funny because right before I left for the thing, I got an email from Carnival because they've changed their policy. They already hadn't had masks for a while. Now they don't even require proof of uh, yeah. uh of a uh, uh, vaccination. The last time we were on the cruise ship, we there were ma- it was the mask. There were places where you had to right. wear masks. Yes, so stuff. I got the I got the email from Princess. They're no longer yeah. requiring it. I got the email from Disney. They're no longer requiring it. But it's a good thing the magic guys had you covered, dude. It, but <laughs> to that's be fair, just it. maybe they were just worried about the smell. They were concerned that you that's guys would true. have to smell each other. It was nice to not have to smell people all weekend. But I have masked me now. Like my fucking face has like breakouts where you know all. Well, the... and because of your beard, he gets mask beard. Yeah, big yeah. dent. Sorry, it's just me, bitch. I knew going into it, I was gonna do it, but it was really. It's just really annoying because it's like that feels like an archaic rule now knowing what everyone knows about covid and the rates of infection and the vaccinations that we've done it's well, like everywhere else it's at your discretion and yeah and, and no one's gonna say anything no, people are wearing, wearing a mask. Them, cool have at it no problem nobody i mean yeah. it's but, but so they had three different colors of bracelets as well of the health check bracelets green meant anything goes Yellow meant prefer not to shake hands. Elbow touches are okay. And red meant I'd like six foot of distance, which, by the way, you can't can get you do that a, a six foot distance at this convention. You're not even six feet away from someone when you're playing them. But you know what's funny is COVID or not, half of these recluses who are into this kind of stuff would rather not touch anybody and be six feet away. You know and how many red bracelets I saw the entire time? One. One. Red. One. A dude that I was playing against who was two feet away from me because 
that's how fucking wide tables are. Because you're just across are. from a table. You're across literally table. across a, t- a table from them. So, if like, you maybe that many three. people six feet apart, you'd have to have five convention centers. Yeah, there's no way. Cause, and also, <laughs> like, sitting next to people, like, closer than you two sit at this, at this podcast table. Uh, so I saw one red bracelet. I saw two yellow bracelets and the one yellow bracelet was on a guy and this was on the last day and they're like why do you have a yet like his buddies were standing next to me in this line again we're in a line like next to each other like the masks aren't really fucking super useful none of us were wearing our masks at this point anyway because i don't fucking care kick me out like i was done okay um <laughs> sorry <laughs> but they're like oh hey and it turns out they're from utah and i was talking to them uh we struck up conversation but they're like hey tyler that was their friend's name like why do you have why do you have a yellow bracelet on and he's like they made me put one on these guys weren't wearing a bracelet by the way he's like they wouldn't let me in without it and they were out of green <laughs> <laughs> so they gathered like one of the two people with yellow bracelets only had it because they ran out of the other colors like that's how little everyone there actually cared. And the guy that was wearing the red like bracelet. I they didn't need the green one. They could have just used yellow and red. Yeah. and Or just green and red. They had they wanted the bracelets to prove that you'd gone through the vaccination screening. That you either had a negative COVID test or you had proof of vaccination that was verified by the people ahead of you coming in the convention. Okay, that makes more sense. Funny thing about that, and then we can let it go. I, I've had all my my COVID vaccinations. I got COVID after it. So even though I have proof that I was vaccinated. It doesn't matter. I still You're got still some, Well, that's what I'm it. saying. So it's like. Okay. We knew that going into the vaccinations that they weren't going to protect you from getting it. Right. They were going to protect you from dying if you got it. You're still going to get COVID. Yep. You're going to get the flu. By the way, if you have not gotten your flu shot. Go get your fucking flu shot. My arm hurts. I I'm really afraid of how many people are not getting flu shots because of the stuff with the COVID vaccine. The flu season is going to be bad. It's already started. It's already pretty. RSV is really bad. They're talking about it with poor little kids that are getting it. It, Like it's a really bad season. So I do want to point out one thing. We got our guest uh, coming here soon. So this uh, Thanksgiving giveaway. Oh yeah, at Smith's Ballpark. Yeah, so at Smith's Ballpark. So if you don't have a Thanksgiving, you can't afford one, whatever the circumstances. Maybe you don't have an oven. Oh, I need to get a turkey. Maybe you're like Julia or my ex-husband and you've never used your Don't oven. know how to cook. Um, but uh, Wednesday, November 23rd, and, and we'll announce this a couple times between now and then, but no, Wednesday, November 23rd, go to the, go to West Temple. That You'll be directed to an, an, an entrance. A volunteer will load a turkey and a side into your trunk. Um, no questions asked. And it's provided by. There's actually three or four different organizations that are that are. That's so awesome! But yeah, no questions so asked. Yeah. It'll last as long as it does. So if you're struggling, yep, just, just ballpark. Just pull awesome. up. They'll put a turkey and a bag of sides in your trunk. That's so great. That's a really good thing to do. And to, to counteract the fact that we're doing something really cool, uh, there's the blackface kids in Cedar oh, yeah. City that went to Walmart <laughs> dressed oh, as me. as prisoners. I but. don't see what the fucking problem is. I okay. So this is a serious <laughs> thing. I do not think people are taught about blackface these days and what blackface really is. aren't taught about anything. Because to these kids, well, first off, to these kids, they're fucking idiots and they were like, oh, we're black prisoners. Okay. It's we're, one, we're high school dropouts, they say. It, it, it's one thing to be a prisoner, but to be a black prisoner is, it's just racist on its own. Like, hey, we're being black guys. First of all, prisoners. there's blackface, which is bad. No, ignore and the then, blackface. Then the blackface prisoner. Ignore the blackface and just be that you're being a black prisoner is a racist statement on its own without knowing like the whole thing behind blackface. But the whole deal behind blackface, 
I don't think people know why it's such a big deal. It's not that you are imitating a black person. It is because blackface was used as a caricature of black people back in the day as being stupid fucking monkey-like people. 20s, 30s, 40s. It kind of faded out after that, but it was very popular. It's terrible. It was a terrible caricature representation of African-American folks in this country, and it's just... It's unacceptable to do that shit in 2022. And then add to it that they dressed as a prisoner. And I'll tell you right now, they didn't fucking do that thing as just kids. They learned that shit. And they don't learn that shit from their friends. They learn that shit from their parents and their parents' friends. Well, they got ready somewhere. (laughs) And none of the parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? No, they probably thought it was funny. And that's why the kids are doing it. You know, eight-year-old kids don't think to fucking dress as a black prisoner. And it's so funny because they're trying to like be delicate and they're like a Walmart near Cedar City. Dude, there's one Walmart Walmart in all of Cedar City. And and there's nothing surrounding Cedar City. It's literally the Walmart. There's Walmart in the Cedar City area. (laughs) I know where that Walmart is. To be fair, like the associates like kick them out and and all of that. The sad part is they don't see it as a Walmart. No, they think it's They don't understand it's the problem. Because somebody said something like, you're not going to get scholarships. Like this is, this is a hate crime. And they're like, we dropped out of high school. Okay, so two other things before our guest gets here, because they're not here yet. Uh, first I, yeah, off, I know something you don't know. What? They're like running a few minutes late, that's why I brought that up. So, so we have one one set of friends that are officially grandparents, Sean and Vanita. Congratulations. They are our grandparents of a, of a little boy. Uh, of a little boy that was born in a bathtub, um, like an inflatable pool, not a bathtub. Apparently, she had a fabulous birth and, and uh, they sent a picture of baby fresh out of the pool, probably not even with All the umbilical. White. The umbilical cord wasn't even cut yet in that Chris picture. Chris grossed out. Do not ever fucking send me pictures of your newborn babies that haven't been washed so off So when yet. Maya has the baby, make sure you send Chris a picture. Honestly, my preference is give it a day or two so it stops being ugly and wrinkly so and re- being looking like a fucking a- parasitic alien that it's been for the last nine months. Yeah. Um, but our buddy Jeremy is about to be a yep. grandpappy. In about two weeks. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him ahead of time. We'll do it again once it It'll happens. It'll basically but- be... Uh, the 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 episode that we do right before Thanksgiving, he will definitely yeah. have a grandchild because right. she's scheduled for an induction. If then she like doesn't go week, into natural, right? like, uh, two weeks, fifteenth ish, right, right around. I don't know. That's a womanly thing to remember. Yeah. It's, not. it's actually the sixteenth. <laughs> so say that's right around the 15th. So bring it better than grandpa. <laughs> well, that's because the the ladies all talked about it. But yeah. Um. One other thing. So I went, uh, I, man, I got to stop smacking in the mic because that is a pain in the ass to pick up when I go. <laughs> it, I have to fucking fix it every time I have to go silence it. Um, anyway. Bush just did it again. I know, and then I like, had to like swallow and pull back. The, <laughs> you do the it thing. when you just talk in like real life too. I know, I know. And sometimes I chew with my mouth open, which really pisses off the guys. Uh, but I, I, I go to... Uh, lunch uh with some of my old co-workers uh once a month we like to go and chat and catch up on stuff and stay in touch and we go to different places for lunch um one of the people is my food mistress um and we went to a place over in midvale i think it's midvale technically um called kebab brothers it might be west jordan so it's down off of in fact i think it is west jordan because it's off of 72nd you know where the trolley wing company is over there so it's right across the way from trolley trolley wing company in that same 
Um, it, yeah, it used to be something else that sucked. And so it is, um, I, I don't get out that. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just don't, that's just enough of an odd area for what I do that I'm not out that yeah. way that often. Really good though. A uh, little fast, casual place. Um, you go in, they have like four or five dishes. Um, they're all kebabs on top of stuff. So they have one that's like a kebab pizza, hmm. but it's basically like a piece of naan with some kind of sauce on it. And then uh, not pizza sauce either. It's like a tikka masala or something. And then, um, stuff on top of that, like, like the chicken kebab or the chicken, something that's like sliced bits of cooked ground chicken. That sounds really uh, good. They also have amazing falafel. I had falafel. It was really good there. Um, they also have what I had, which is uh, kebab fries. And so it is a thing of Breezley's favorite kind of fry. Um, the, the, uh, no, no, um, the Chris cut fries. Oh, like they have I don't it, like waffle uh, fries. Waffle, yeah, waffle fries. fries. That's what it's called. So they have their waffle fries and then they have, um, like really good cheese on them. They have some feta sprinkled on top of the melted cheese. They have whatever the protein is, if it's the chicken kebab stuff. And they have like, uh, like a tikka masala on top of them. It was out of this world good. And then they have like fresh vegetables and crap cut up in them, like have, peppers. And have you tried that? It's called the, the fry guys or the fry man or something like that. Yeah. The, their whole menu is fries. Mr. With- fries. Mr. Fries. Mr. So, fries, yeah. And there's one uh, up in Jordan Landing that uh, we go to. Have you, is it good? So we were going to go for my birthday, being the 29th, so last week. The one out in Harriman, we got there, and the whole little strip mall was closed because they were doing a trunk retreat. So we. So let me tell you, it's not worth the money. Mm-mm. I wouldn't waste my time. Oh, okay. If you want something like that, go to Spud Tato's in Jordan Landing. Spud Tato's. Spud Tato's. It is, it is like, so think of barbacoa if like the base was either fries or a baked potato and all the amazing stuff that you would want to yeah, put on it's, that. Yeah, it's much better. Like their chili is actually really like, you normally you'd expect something like that to just kind of be eh, okay chili, but their chili is actually really Spud, good. Spud Tato's, way better than Mr. Fries. Mm-hmm. It's, I, the one that's in Jordan Landing is by... um There's only one. Yeah, but it's by the, what's the stupid barbecue place? Famous Dave's. It's by the Famous Dave's there. Okay. And there's only one. It's not a big chain. It's, well, I, yeah, I'm just saying it. That's it's where in it Jordan is. Landing by Famous Dave's. We'll have to give that a try. Yeah, I would do that over Mr. Fries. Mr. Fries is overpriced, and it's not good. For I mean, it's good. okay. It's fine. It, it's, it's it's fries just, covered in stuff, but for the price, go to Spud Tato's. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a much better meal. Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. All right. With us this week uh, is Max Born. Is are you related to Jason? <laughs> There's no E, but I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's just a secret way of. Uh, it's a way of hiding so, it. Yeah. I think I've told you before. I, I used to work with this guy who thought, for whatever reason, that those um, National Treasure movies were real because he kept asking me, "Are you related to what's the Gates?" Yeah. The, whatever his name is, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. Cage. Yeah, the, no, that's Nick not. Cage. It's not even real. You know, that's, that's fake, not. right? That's all made up <laughs> Hollywood just, stuff. Yes. That was a documentary. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, what was really good is the movie that he just did um, with the guy that was the Mandalorian. What's his name? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, the name of that movie? Uh, I saw the previews. <sighs> no, I can't remember. The one where he plays now. himself. Uh-huh. Yes, and he like gets paid to to act at like the guy's party or whatever. But the guy's a hitman and. 
Uh, what is the name of the movie? I missed that one. I heard it's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, it's Pedro Pascal awesome. is the name of the guy. But he's um, he's playing himself. Yeah. So like, Nick Cage is playing Nick himself. Nick Cage is playing <laughs> Nick Cage. And this guy's nice. just like a huge fan. Like Pedro Pascal plays a huge fan. Uh, Massive Talent is the name of the movie. Massive Talent. It is fantastic. It's really good. So, because yeah, Nick Cage, Nick Cage has made a he's lot playing, of really- And he's playing like- the He's, Nick Cage character. So, like, mm-hmm. the very Nick Cageiest of being <laughs> The Cageiest of the Nick. Well, because, like, <laughs> Nick Cage has done so much stuff, and he has, like, a... He has a reputation for basically taking any role and playing a lot of shitty roles and, like, making a lot of shitty movies. But he's also, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, Um, you know, is... uh um Fuck, what is it now? It's the Coen Brothers movie. Um, ben Gates, that was his name in the movie, Ben Gates. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you related to Ben Gates? No, that's Nicolas Cage. Anyway. Um, uh, early movie. God, what is the name of it? Now I have to look it up. Coen Brothers movie with Nick Cage. Is it Loving in Las Vegas? No, Raising Arizona. Oh, Raising oh. Arizona. One of my favorite movies of all times. Great, great role for Nick Cage. And he One does- of the best movies ever. Movies like that, and then he does like really shitty stuff like- um. You know, he was, uh, uh The Rock. <laughs> yeah. The Rock. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> What's so, the one where he gets the lottery ticket with the waitress? That one was crappy. Yeah, so he does, but anyway, so this movie is like, <laughs> like Nick Cage is playing the Nick Cage that we're all like, oh, he's just like, he's washed up and he's full of himself. It's that. It's great. It's such a great movie. I would encourage anyone to I go did watch like it. him in Con Air. Yeah. Con oh, Air yeah. Was good. I, like, I thought Con Air yeah. was pretty good. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. Con Air was actually filmed out at Wendover. The the airport right, part right. of it was actually filmed at Wendover where they dropped the dude's car. Anyway. Fun fact. But he's been in so many movies. But yeah, Massive Talent. You should go you should go watch Massive Talent because it's really good. Uh, so all that to say no, you're not related to uh, Jason. <laughs> well, and not only that, but it's not just I there's just no E. Yes. There's no U. It's literally not no. spelled the same it's, at all. He was born, yeah. Max born. Yeah. Um, it's a simple way. But yeah. Max is the uh, president of Chili Beak. Are you, are, Max, are you also the creator of the recipes and the founder? Or are you just like... No, actually, it was founded in 2014 by uh, Jason and Giselle McClure. Okay. Yeah, they founded it, and then they started it up, got it in some markets, got it in a couple stores and stuff like that, did a bunch of farmer's markets. And then 2019... They posted on Chili Beak's Facebook page that they're shutting their doors. And I was a fan of the product and fan of the brand, and I was working in the food business already. And I hit them up. I was like, how can I help keep this alive? I saw you know, an opportunity in the product and the brand. So, yeah, we became friends, and the rest was history. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's crazy. So we'll take a step back. When were you born? What was, uh, what's your birthday? February 13th, 1979. Well, we didn't have to get all the way to 1979. So that's but, okay. So February 13th. So yeah. you're a May baby. So in May. Spring flowers, man. Easter, yeah. Spring, no, summer. Maybe. Something was yeah. going on. Your May, parents, June, yeah, at the start of summer. Parents went to a concert. Up, yeah. They, did I mean, it was the seventh graduation. They met at a chili pepper eating contest. Really? Hey. <laughs> they did go. not. They did not really meet at <laughs> no. a chili pepper eating contest. <laughs> That'd be a good one, though. They met at an acid dropping contest in yeah. the seventies. <laughs> I don't know. Late seventies might have been no, like not the been late they were snorting cocaine at the disco. Yeah. Like I don't know who your parents are. Probably like they were probably disco stars. He's like, they were at the Mormon Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't grow up Mormon, so. So where were you born? I think my dad was, was uh, uh, what do you call it? He was a minister at a church, in a Christian church. And he was leading the, the singing, the congregation, you know. It was a Church of Christ, so they didn't have instruments, pianos, organs, anything. Oh. So just a cappella singing. And he was a preacher, and then he would lead 
congregation in song, and then my mom heard him was like, yep, that guy. Well, this is true. This, <laughs> this is true? Is totally true. Because you said they met at a chili eating contest, which I knew was instantly wrong. <laughs> Could have been a chili cook-off. So the, whole, cook-off. the whole conversation now is going to be in question from now on. So. Perfect. <laughs> so where, where were you born then? Uh, Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. So obviously yeah. that's where your parents LBC. Yeah. were from, yeah. or at least there the, the good time. part or the bad part? The, the part. There was just a part back then. The, like, now, now there's all, there's 12 different parts. Yeah, Long Beach is Back then is it was grown. just Long Beach. Long Beach was not a great place in like the late 80s to no, me. No, it wasn't. Is that where they filmed, uh, was it Lost Boys? Is that Long Beach area? That's where the riots happened in the 80s. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, 92, yeah. April 14, 1992. Yep. So did you grow up in California? Yeah, yeah. Grew up in SoCal. Hopped all over. We were Long Beach, Buena Park, Cypress, Corona. So oh, all my sister, my IUI sister lives in Corona. So yeah. was that all as a kid, like your parents yeah, hopping all, around? Yeah, I was a kid all through high school. My dad was always in and out different jobs, like working for Boeing, then working for NASA, so the then working for thing somewhere didn't else. Work out? Yeah, I don't think it paid very well. Oh. I can. He went from <laughs> preaching to working for like Boeing and NASA. He's so he's yeah. a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. you're telling me. Yeah, he was an artist. He was an inventor. He was an engineer. He was all kinds of things like that. So, but he would be in and out of jobs. So we'd be moving every year. Yeah, to go to a new school. You know. I went to seven different high schools, so yeah, wow. I've been around the block a little bit. <laughs> so, so did you end up graduating from high school in California, or did you make your way out to Utah? No, it was, it was after after high school that I came to Utah. It was in my late twenties, um, but yeah, high school I dropped out my junior year and took my GED and started college. Was, my mom was actually she, she was the inspiration behind that. She's like, the format for learning with your style, you know, isn't really working out. She's like, just take your GED and go to college. So, I so did what, what did you study in college? Uh, psychology, the first round, and then photography. And then I left and went into massage school and finished that. And then moved out here, got into real estate school, finished that. And now it's just been like, I'm kind <laughs> of a forever student. I'll go back for different things here and there, you know, study some business. I got into food science for a few years, so I got almost a master's in food science now. or Food, oh, wow. food safety and food science. So what, what ultimately brought you to Utah then? Uh, my ex-wife. I met her at a Rusted Root concert in Vegas, and then within oh, like so you six were the hippie, not your parents. Here. Yeah, I was the hippie. <laughs> I was definitely the black sheep of the family. So Rusted Root, that's not, yeah. I actually like Rusted Root, but you don't mm-hmm. hear about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sent me on my way. Sent me on my way. Yeah, and I got sent on my way. I, I was actually living. I was living in a sailboat in Long Beach. This was 2007, 2006, something like that. That's how some people want to retire. I know, right? It was it was a glorious life. I lived there for almost a year because my apartment that I got out of in Beverly Hills was way too expensive. Wow, and I found the sailboat Hills. on Craigslist for like two grand. And I'm like, oh, it's got a slip. I can sleep on it. Like, nice. you know, yeah, it was like slip. sleeping out of a Volkswagen. Honestly, van, the basically. slip's probably worth more than the fucking boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those. It, it's not technically technically a liveaboard marina. Yeah. So there's nobody staying on their boat, so you're only allowed to be in in there three nights a week. And they, you know they have a key card to get in the gate, so they know if someone's just living on their boats. But I would park outside, climb around the gate, and just live on my boat. And I was I was completely alone. There was nobody down there. It was like the industrial docks. Yeah, that's kind of nice. nice. So yeah, it was, it was like the peaceful. dude out at Lake Mead this last summer as Lake Mead was drying up. They found I don't know if you saw it was on the news and stuff, but that dude who was living like living living, not just out there on the weekends, mm-hmm. flat out living, but then. The, the water level got too low and he wasn't paying attention. He didn't move it. So he got like marooned. Oh, oh yeah. no. And so they caught him. Like, what are you doing here? They show up like all oh, this shit's there. It's like, you're obviously living here. <laughs> so anyway, they had to, they drug it off, but they made him leave. But yeah. like, 
Who knows how long that dude had been living there until he got caught. Right. Who cares, man? What's wrong with living on the lake? There's nothing wrong with it. That's what I don't understand. Like, there's nothing they wrong with They can't get rent that. out of you if you're doing that. Who gives a shit? Fuck them. No yeah. property tax? Like, what's he supposed to pay for the water that he's floating on? Right. I guess he's probably, like, pooping and peeing in the water. Maybe. Dumping the bucket. I don't know. That's anyway. all right. There's dead bodies in Lake Mead. They found more, by the way. I don't Dumped know to seven, I think. I know. It's fucking wow. insane. Last, last seven. I heard Just seven. seven. <laughs> Just seven. <laughs> seven. Yeah. seven. That's it. It's got to get a little lower for that, but it's yeah, clearly not as popular lake. of like a dump site as we thought for bodies being that close to Vegas. I don't know, so. seven? That's... I mean, that's a lot of bodies. But I mean, the fact that you don't think that that's very much just... Not, not all of them were people that were dumped in barrels with gunshot wounds to the head. Half yeah. of them. More some, than half of them. But, but some of them were like drowning victims and stuff that they yeah, just, just never, never been able to find because right. those reservoirs are pretty deep. And, well, they were. They're not really anymore. Not so much anymore. <laughs> So you moved anyway, here so for an ex-wife, uh, <laughs> the Rusted Root concert. Yeah, and the rest was history. I, ca- I came here. I did the whole Mormon route. I got converted. We got married in the temple. Whoa. Oh, nice. wow. And then years later, we decided it wasn't working out. We high-fived. We went our own ways. We had like the most amicable b- divorce of all. That's a good way to go. Use our divorce.com. No, we just went online. We're like, how to get divorced? And it's like, fill out this form, pay 60 bucks, wait 90 days. So that's the thing is you don't have to do the whole lawyer garbage. No, no. You can, so Holly and Mike, my sister got divorced probably about two years ago. That's what they did. They just went online, paid the 50 bucks, mm-hmm. filled out the thing. It yeah. came in the mail. Like, that's yeah. all it, it has It came in the mail. Be. 90 days later, we lived together up until the last day. And then she helped me pack up the car and move into the apartment downtown. And we high-fived. And Sounds like my divorce. It was great. We were yeah. playing a game of Mario Kart when we decided. We're like, ah, oh, should we? Should we think about this for a few days first, Rick? No, I think we're going to do this. This worked out. Well, that's so. good that it was. Yeah. That it wasn't some ugly, drawn out, horrible yeah, thing. Yeah, serious. Yeah. Because most are. She got the condo. I got the cat. So it was a good trade off. Yeah, I'd rather have the cat. It was also 2008, right when the whole you know, the crash happened. Crash. And I, I moved here and got a nice big job as marketing director for Sundance Homes, Frontgate Homes. And they also owned like a construction <laughs> company, a mortgage company, a high school, a private school. Because the owner, Bob Jones, wanted to coach football. He kept trying to get jobs in, around town, and then he'd get a job and then get fired. So he just went and bought a school. He's like, now I'm going to coach football. <laughs> but anyways, their whole empire just crumbled in, yeah. that, uh, in that year. A you lot know, of 200, 200 employees. I was a graphic arts teacher at the high school. My first time ever teaching. I had no credentials or anything. But he bought the school, so now all of us oh, employees yeah. got jobs as teachers. <laughs> so, yeah, I taught one year of graphic arts to like 13 to 17-year-old kids. Super fun experience. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. Are you upset about the beeps coming through? It's so loud. I they're can't. not beeps. They're like... They're notifications. Five, five they're, they're notifications. Chimes. I can't help it, all but right? But it doesn't... It, doesn't it, means, it means I'm talking too much when it beeps. No, right. no, no one can hear it Nobody but can us. hear it but us, but oh, it's just... Okay. It's annoying. So they're going to think we're crazy. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, yeah, That's okay. Much. He, like, adjusts his headsets on... Yeah, it's true. It's so, true. so then what? So that all falls apart. That fell apart. I was unemployed for a while. I started getting resourceful. I was on the South Jordan City Council for their uh, Public Arts and Development Board. And then I was the chairman of the Arts Council at Daybreak for the community of oh, Daybreak. Nice. And so I just kind of started doing that. And then they had just opened up that little, what is it, Soda Row now? Soda Row, yeah. Yeah. And they, they had maybe two little shops and a restaurant in there. Most of it was vacant. Right. I had started throwing this annual art walk. And getting all these people to come to this one day event at daybreak. The city and Kennecott or Riotento came together. They're like, Hey, you're throwing this art walk. You want to just take one of these shop spaces for free for a year and like open up a little co-op gallery? I'm like, but yeah, I, I <laughs> okay. remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. The Lorem Ipsum gallery. It was yeah. super cool. 
But then after a year of that, it was like, it was co-op, so everyone had to pitch in their time to keep the Hold shop on. running. I gotta, I gotta ask you a question about yeah, the yeah. Laura Epsom, Laura Epsom Gallery. Was that because when you were filling out the paperwork for everything that you just were lazy <laughs> just and, and, and like left the Laura Epsom font on there, or was it a clever name? No, it's a clever name because okay. it was a blank slate. Like, we had no intent, no idea, no concept, no nothing. They just basically gave me Because that's a really clever name. Yeah, thanks. But it could have also just been, like, super lazy. Yeah. Like, it could have just it's been tab- the default. Tabula rasa. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Times Roman. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, very clever. It, it, it worked out for about a year. It didn't make any money. We couldn't sell anything. It was just a fun project again. Uh-huh. And at, at the same time, I started uh, my last company was called Find Skateboard Couture. So we started making custom decks and stuff and clothing and stuff like that. And so I was starting to build this business while I was trying to find a job, while I was doing whatever other projects I could, you know. So, yeah. And then I just, it was actually my, one of my bosses, one of the partners of the company, that the whole empire that crumbled. He called me up like a year later. He's like, hey, my brother wants to start this this butter company, and we need a marketing guy. You want to come on board and help? So that was my first intro to working in food. I was helping them build up Chef Chamois Gourmet Butters, their whole branding and stuff. Hmm. Oh, that's the facility. shit. That, that's the shit that gets sold in like Costco and Sam's. Yeah, Club. yeah. No, like they're in like tubs. They, they went from what was that? Twelve years ago, from two guys making garlic butter at the farmers market to now they're in every Sam's Club, Walmart, Kroger store in wow. the country under like four or five different brand names. They're like hundred million dollar company. Now. Holy cow! <laughs> you ever go so. to Sam's Club and you see those colored tubs of flavored butters? Yeah, yeah. that's these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I helped them out for a few years, and then they weren't growing as fast as they wanted to or needed to to sustain more employees. So. Uh, the guy they were actually renting the kitchen space from, Dan Martinson, who owns Sevilla Fine Foods, he saw what I was doing for them, and he's like, I could use a number two like you. So then I went over to help him out. He did the same thing. He built a $50 million tomato company in 10 years, you know? And so that's where I learned everything I know about the food business. So all these people making huge money, but they're leaving you behind? <laughs> no, I mean, I was getting taken care of. I had a six-figure salary. I had a nice office. Oh. I had, you know, 50 employees working under me. Like, I had nice vacation time, nice 401k. Like, they took good care of me. But then in 2019, when I met Jason and Giselle from Chili Beak, right. I saw this moment in time where there's a fork in the road. Keep doing my corporate job for someone else, watching them make the money, or start my own business, get into my own business, because I know how to, how to do it, logistics, marketing, all of that, you know. So I just saw a chance and said, all right, I'm putting in my notice. I'm out. I'm on my own, you know. It's one of the scariest decisions I had to make in my oh, career, yeah. I'd say, for sure. Oh, yeah. It is very scary to go out on your own. I've done it. Jeremy does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to go from, yeah, a, a paycheck every two weeks, be it be it good or not, you always know what you're going to get. You yeah. can budget. And then when you go out on your own, you may make 10000 a month. You may make nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you may give yourself one paycheck in the whole three years you've been into it so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an experience over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... So how did the owners get started? We're not here to talk about them, but if you want, if you'll give us just a little background on yeah, yeah, how they started the company and then how you kind of fell into it. Yeah, well, uh, Jason, Jason was from Texas. Giselle was from Mexico. They met. They fell in love. They were going back and forth, and there is this chili oil sauce at this restaurant they always went to, and they couldn't find anything like that. They moved. They ended up moving to Salt Lake, and they tr- looked all over. They couldn't find anything. So then they went back to Mexico and they talked to it was her aunt or her grandmother. And worked on the recipe, came back and said, this is unlike anything else. It's not hot sauce. It's not salsa. You know, there's like some, you know, name brand uh, chili garlic sauces and stuff, but not like it's a Mexican inspired chili mm-hmm. oil. So, yeah, that's how they came up with it. Then they got with a designer and 
had the idea about the the pico de gallo is the, the beak of the bird <laughs> and so or the beak of the chicken or yeah i forget no pollo is chicken gallo mm-hmm. is just bird i think yeah i gotta brush Pollo's up my spanish. I, think you're right. I need to brush up my spanish we're driving <laughs> to mexico in, in like three weeks <laughs> but yeah they want they wanted a bird that depicted the shape of the chili darble pepper mm-hmm. it's like the long skinny so that's how the beak of the bird was drawn out so it's kind of another fun it's little like clever. an aztec bird mm-hmm. yeah but it's great not just for mexican food i actually use it mostly for like asian food like dumplings yeah. and stuff dumplings are great yeah we put on our eggs potatoes everything it's like our breakfast staple for sure so then were they just in the farmer's markets and things like that yeah they had just started to get into they were in caputo's and like liberty heights fresh market jade market those little shops like that Mm -hmm. and then they just started getting into Harmon's. um i think 20 2018 or the beginning of 2019 so so are they just not making the kind of money they wanted to or was i think that's what it was i mean you get after four years of doing something and it's not making income because they both had day jobs this was just a passion project you know and they'd go to farmers markets and that's hard freaking work like going out every saturday doing that thing dealing with people in the hundred plus degree temperatures you know well that's how we that's how we met you (laughs) Mm -hmm. was at the farmer's market was that that was, that was early in the summer. That was like mm-hmm. like early June. So, I mean, that's yeah. how we met is, yeah. is we just were wandering the farm. So, it pays off, and, you know? Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, talking. To, I love talking to people. I'm social butterfly at heart, you know? It's just being out there hustling every day or multiple days a week if you're doing multiple markets. Right. You know, well, it's it a lot of work, but, but we've had quite a few people on the show. Like, Oleo is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. That's how Oleo got started is just doing markets, doing... Farmers markets and then these little bazaars and all this kind yeah. of stuff, and it just kind of grows. So it can, yeah, yeah it totally work. can. Yeah, I mean, holiday it's... holidays especially, we do a lot of the holiday, holiday pop ups and craft markets. I mean, we there's DIY the, fest. You know, like Rico's is a prime yeah. example mm-hmm. of a company that started entirely at the farmers market and now has this massive distribution network mm-hmm. in the valley where you see their stuff in basically every grocery store in the valley. Yeah. One sure. chocolate conspiracy. There's a whole list of them that started out just doing markets. Yeah. I think Utah's great for that too, just for small business startups, especially in the food sector. Like I see so many people that just they started a little idea and now they're, you know, nationwide. Yeah. Well we've had quite a few on the show that, that yeah. that's all how they started. That's why we yeah. love that's why we love going to the market and finding people to talk to. <laughs> but anyway, so so then you take over in about twenty nineteen then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, October twenty nineteen. And by takeover, I mean you're Oh you're, how fortuitous. Yeah. <laughs> takeover. You're you, well you're 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 taking over basically running the day to day of the company. Are you buying the company from them? Like what what kind of happens there? Yeah, the acquisition was me ba- basically buying buying them out. They okay. taught me their recipes, I bought out the trademarks, bought out the website, bought their all their inventory they had left and kept them on board like that's you know counsel basically for the first six months you know help me figure out that it help ensure that i'm doing it right you know the first few batches for sure i'd take them a jar and make sure that this is exactly the way that they had it you know so so how did you i mean how did you find personally like find the chili oil to begin with because it is a weird in a lot of senses it's kind of a weird condiment uh, mm-hmm. that you would add to stuff. Like most people, unless you have like a recipe that specifically calls for chili oil, it's not like an right. American staple type right. of thing. It's not, not yet. like a bottle of ketchup. You it's know? getting there. We always have chili oil. <laughs> yes, we do. But most people know. don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope to educate a lot more people. But well, so for one I, thing, you're a cook and I'm a Mexican. So, so yeah, but, but really the, que- the, the question is like, how did you come across it initially? Because you clearly love it. That's mm-hmm. why you, you know, decided to jump in and buy the company. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was ninth and ninth street festival. 
probably 2016, 2017, something like that, I'd say. And I had a, a buddy, uh, Rory, and his husband, Jason, were working the booth sometimes. And so I was walking around the market and I saw them. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, hey, try this. I'm like, okay, this is now a staple in my house. So yeah, I had, I had been a fan of it for a few years. That's why when I saw him post on Facebook, I was like, I need to talk to you guys. I want to talk to you guys. <laughs> and I was, I was vice president of Seville Fine Foods. I was vice president of quality and innovation. So I was in charge of all the food safety, food quality, but then I was also in charge of R and D. And so I talked to my CEO at the time. I'm like, Hey, I found this, 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 this couple. They got this company. They got this great brand, this great product. They just need someone else to take it over. I'm like, we should help them out. He's like, we do, we do tomatoes. We don't do chili oil. And so I went back to him. I'm like, oh, I thought I could see if my boss could help out. He says, no. They're like, why don't you just buy it? I'm like, what, is, what does that take? <laughs> how, do, how do I do that? You know? So then we, we made, we made friends and it was, it was mostly because uh, Gisela told me, she's like, this is like our baby. We got our baby through high school. We can't pay for it, pay for them to go to college. We need an uncle and they that want can to take him to college. Billion <laughs> Six billion dollars. <laughs> But yeah, that was it. We made friends. They saw they saw that someone that they could trust with it with their baby, you know. So, so so you step into the role, you take over. Kind of what happens? Like, kind of how did it progress for you? Then I put in my notice. My boss tried to offer me more money to stay. He's like, "I need you. You're my guy." He's offered me all this extra money. I'm like, "It's not about the money. It's about doing something for me." And that's the point when he got it. He's like, "All right, good luck. Here's your." I had you know some equity in the company. Cashed me out. Said, "Sayonara." Then January 1st, 2020, I'm at home by myself. I got a company, no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to build it up. I'm going to go do farmer's markets. I'm going to go do the food shows. I'm going to do all that. And then March 2020, what happens? Oh, <laughs> oh wait. I don't remember. Something down. happened. Yeah. So now I'm sitting on my couch, you know, just on my laptop trying to figure out how I'm going to build this online or how I'm going to come up with new products, how am I going to do, you know, we do a lot of merchandise and stuff. So like diversifying from just selling a jar of chili oil, you know. That, especially at the market, it's hard to educate. They're like, oh, what is this? I got to carry this jar around all day, you know? And so then we started making the caramels. It's something people can just pick up and consume right there. Mm-hmm. So it made it a lot easier to sell stuff once we could go out and do events again, which was not for Because there wasn't much of that, like especially, yeah. the, especially the market because they shut down like mm-hmm. – over half of what is normally there, and they were only doing yeah. food vendors. Only, and then like, it was only like, vegetables. Yeah, like only produce for the actual farmers, right. and then a very select few, like um, not prepared food necessarily, but like packaged food stuff, mm-hmm. like the chili oil no. type stuff. They let a handful of those in the been yeah. around for a while. Just the ones that were grandfathered in, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a hard year. Yeah, because <laughs> now I don't have a job. Like, hey, I got don't a have new, any income. Got a new company. I just spent this money. I don't have a job. Yeah, <laughs> and then I look back at it sometimes, and I think I could have kept my day job. I could have had the last three years of a nice stable income and not been like, do I have food on the table? Can we pay our bills this month? You know. But then I realized, no, I can't, because I started. So I had a skateboard company before that. I was a magazine. Then I tried the gallery. Like you've been trying. I always to do had this side projects. Yeah. But I think what kept me from succeeding in them was not giving them my full. It's 100%. Oh, 100%. Because half of my life was in an office working for someone else, you know? So sometimes that's the push you need. So so I'm actually an architect, and I worked for Wasatch Homes mm-hmm. in 2006, 2007, and then they completely and gone. dissolved. However, mm-hmm. I, my plan personally had always been to start my own company. But when that happened, it's like, well... I guess now there's the push. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to do something. So, in some ways, that kind of the thing is mm-hmm. sometimes that's the push you need sometimes For because sure. 
you don't have a choice. It's sink right. or swim now. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm, you know, three years in, and this is again the point where a lot of people, new businesses are like, all right, give up or keep going, you know, keep pushing money into this or keep, try to, to find some investors, you know, well, that's obviously scale it up or just keep it where it's at. That's obviously know? where the previous owners were at mm-hmm. and kind of reached that point where they're like, yeah. they're like, we don't know where to go from here. And this is where I, I, I see opportunity in my skill set and my experience with the mm-hmm. last food companies because I've helped get a product nationwide, worldwide. Like when we're, we're doing you tomatoes. You have contacts within distribution yeah, channels. exactly. Because that's not, that stuff's not easy to do. I mean, who do we, uh, what was his name? The guy from Pyrotos. Um, Orion? Yeah, Orion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah, had, yeah. we had Orion cool on the show and nice. ta- talked to Orion and like, we went deep with him on that specific type of stuff. If you guys want to go check that show out with, with Pyrotos, I, I would yeah, encourage it. Yeah, he talked it. a lot about yeah. his Because that's his, his background. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. He's that's done how a bunch he started. of yeah, yeah. food distribution stuff. And mm-hmm. that's not an easy world no. to get into. No. Like People think, like, oh, you've got a great product. I'll just be able to sell it anywhere. And- well, they think, I'll just go to Harmon's. I'll just sell it in Harmon's. And Harmon's is great. Like Harmon's well, is yeah. really They're good to get local, local businesses right. but a chance. But you being Joe Blow, nobody walking into the Harmon's saying, "Sell my stuff." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not quite and, how. And it you're works. one of you're one of a hundred a week probably that do yeah. that with them. Right. So and that was the benefit of having the the brand reputation and recognition of Chili Bee. Because when I walked into Harmon's with the caramels and walked in with the pizza shakers, like walked in with new products, they're like, "Oh, Chili Bee, yeah, we love it." Also, can we have some of those hats? You know? Yeah. So the, the branding is, is great. really, yeah, 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 I love it. Now, a lot of the stuff we're doing is just with the bird, not even yeah. with the chili beak on it because we're also cross branding our new company. I don't know if I told you guys about when I, when I saw you. I don't but think so. We started Chill Beak. Did you, did you no. tell you? Yeah, no, we no. just started Chill Beak about a month, month and a half ago. Yeah, I don't think you guys had actually launched that. You were getting ready for the like, Chili festival oh, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Sauce festival yes. or something. Sauce Lake City Fest. We produced yeah. that back in June, Father's Day weekend at the fair park. We're going to do it again, uh, Father's Day weekend 2023. Nice. So, nice. and we're going to do a two day festival. We're going to have a big car show, a bunch of low riders. How did that go, cars. by the way? It was awesome, man. We had like 1,500 people come out. Oh, that's, oh, that's fantastic. For a first year event. Yeah. For a first year event yeah. centered around hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's had, the thing that we people had have over 20 vendors. So, like, all, all of the, almost all of the Utah hot sauce and salsa makers were there vending. That's awesome. We had a, a Father's Day walk off was like Iron Chef mm. challenge. And then we had a, a pepper eating contest. We had a Latin rock band, uh, and a bluegrass band. We had all kinds of stuff. You need to have Brighton stuff. go enter the pepper yeah. eating contest. Yeah. She doesn't have the taste bud that like triggers the. Oh, no, really? So, like, he can eat. I think none of the 10 people they had on stage last year had that. They were all like he couldn't. Roger Damps, who who does uh, burn your tongue hot sauces, he's got a bunch of shops and quilted bears around the valley. He uh, he led the thing. He he got to like the tenth sauce and people still weren't going down. So then he had to just like triple down on it. <laughs> he's like, I can't take people down. Yeah, and I'm sitting funny. there like, okay, they signed the waivers. Okay, I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen some things like that at, at, at uh, hot sauce festivals before, where people are just That's like brutal, man. Like there's just saliva dripping out yeah. of their face, like and yeah, their yeah. nose, and their nose, and their eyes. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just like like mucus coming out of the the, the entire face. <laughs> Well, speaking of drooling, that, that's what, so Chillbeak, our, our new brand, uh, we make a, a spicy cannabis gummy. Oh, and nice. It's only sold in Utah dispensaries. So it's the first spicy gummy out there on the market. We just launched it and within the first two weeks, we had every dispensary carrying it. Nice. And now we're doing little pop up like table presentations for patients to educate them on like the capsaicin at high, at high doses. Also helps good, with yeah. the pain management, you know, so the pairing of the capsaicin and the cannabis. 
cannabis. So is it like super hot? Is it more like a cinnamon gummy kind of? A no, thing? no, it's citrus habanero. So similar oh. to one of our flavors of of, of caramel. So it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's like a seven out of six, seven out of ten. You know, for me, maybe eight out of ten for some people. I love the spi- I, the spicy mango stuff that you can get now. I'm a big fan of chili and oh yeah, lots of stuff. those chili coated mangoes from yeah. Trader Joe's. Oh, God, those yeah, are those are so good. We got so, some candies from Spain. They're like gummy, spicy mangoes, and they got a good spice out yeah, of them. I do. Mm-hmm. I like those. Yeah. So, so when you took over, obviously they they already had their lineup. Have you mm-hmm. added to that lineup, or yeah. have you just kept it traditional? No, added added quite a bit, and I'm always on this constant battle with myself because I come up with ideas and I want to do everything a little bit, and then I, I re- remember I got to stay in my lane. And what we do best is a really good spicy roasted chili oil. Of course, we have the caramels and stuff like that, and we have some seasoning blends, but really our bread and butter is that chili oil. And if I start making, and I already have like some hot sauces or some this or some that or spicy this, spicy that, it's like I'm going to muddy the waters too much from the brand to keep it true it's to like what it is. the Mexican restaurant you go to that has a five-page <laughs> menu. The, che- the Cheesecake Factory of Mexican joints. And they're selling like, and it's like, no, stick to, stick to like yeah. a core thing right. and that's what you're, you're, right, right. you're good at do you that thing and do it do it well you know yeah exactly so but then so, then i just decided i can launch other brands and so now, now we launched big dipper which is spicy caramel popcorn with, <laughs> with chili beak on it so we're still promoting chili beak but it's a new branding and then sauce town and sauce Lake city set fest i'm like we can do other things in different arenas while keeping chili beak yeah keeping that right yeah so I gotta, I gotta ask because I've made my own chili oil and, mm-hmm. and it's usually with like Szechuan peppers. It's, it's for Asian food stuff. Mm-hmm. I can never get it to be really flavorful yeah. like what you guys do. And I don't know what I'm not doing well. <laughs> You're just adding chilies and, and oil. No, no, no. Right. I'm adding salt, other stuff too. Ginger, some onions, some garlic. Yeah. If I was going with the Asian style, I'd, I'd go some fresh ginger. And some little bits of onions and toast them in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when you when you toast something, you bring out those notes, and then you put that in your oil. You do it with garlic too. It's just garlic doesn't keep well in oil. No, so it could be the uh, chilies aren't the best either. Yeah, you got to get high, high quality peppers is key. Uh, for well, sure. and, and you're buying bags of dried peppers from Asia, so who knows? How and they're ten are. years old, probably. <laughs> you know? There are a lot of there's there's a pretty good peppers grower scene here in Utah. And uh, we're not in my yard. I've tried. We should no. get them from. We should just get them from Auntie Jeanette. Yeah, we could do that. You don't have to go to the Wasatch Gardens plant sale they do every spring. You used to get a bunch of pepper starts. They grow all kinds of them. They don't grow in my garden. No, I've tried peppers, all kinds of peppers, for like four and a half, five years. I can't get peppers. Same to thing. Grow. I did. I did all those peppers this year. The chickens got to enjoy them. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, <laughs> I can't. They just won't. For whatever reason, they won't peppers. grow in my soil. Oh, I know. So, so yeah. So I've actually. So we've got chickens, and they actually say if you add peppers to the chickens' food, it keeps the mice away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been doing that all summer. Yeah. Just like, and I actually bought a bag of of bird seed recently because I got my wife a bird feeder for our patio, and I bought the bag of bird seed that said spicy chili pepper blend. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, I have to get this. That's to and keep turns the, out the squirrels birds, and stuff. Yeah, out. squirrels stay out of it. But birds love it because yeah. they don't have the receptor. So I'll I'll just go to like the dollar store and buy. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Just four or five bottles of chili powder, chili pepper, crushed peppers. It doesn't oh, matter. Do <laughs> and I'll dump it into the chicken. Food. Oh, into the chicken. Yeah, food. no, okay. no, no. I thought you're... <laughs> no, no, no. Not so. Dump it in the chicken food. Mix it with the chicken food. Yeah. It keeps the mice out of huh. it. 
There you go. Yeah, I buy good, like, Indian it's, chili powder now. Supposedly, it's yeah. it's good for the chickens, too. It's supposed to help their digestion. I don't know. Capsaicin's great stuff. Keeps it is. Nice it's away. medicine, for sure. Anyway, I, mean, okay. I live off of it. My so, arthritis is better. My skin's better. My psoriasis is improved. And what changed in the last three years, other than... There are some times though, like during during COVID, when I'm mad scientist in my kitchen alone, you know, probably not in the right mind state. I was just there was a moment where I'm thinking, I'm like, this is not sustainable. I can't just be darn dean. How many times peppers. have you gotten it in your eyes? Oh, plenty. <laughs> That's <laughs> too, the worst. Too many times. That's the worst when you're like cutting up food or cutting up peppers, and then like you wash your hands a couple times, but there's still so much freaking pepper on your hand, like yeah. capsaicin on your hand. It's just like you touch your face and you're like, oh, that was it ends up everywhere. Yeah. Oh, when we're in production, like our, our crew, we everybody has to go home and shower and wash, especially your arms, because if you go wipe your, because oh, yeah. we got gloves on in production, but at the end of the night, people like wipe their brow with their arm and all that chili powder and chili dust is on all over us you know well that's when you i get find, home i have to like strip down before i get in the house and then go straight to the shower that's when you find every paper cut and every little anything yep. that you had on your hands mm -hmm. <laughs> and when i'm in my home kitchen i don't i'm, I'm like a i'm a chef i don't I don't like to wear gloves, you know. Yeah, only it's when tough. I'm in production making stuff. That the you, only time you guys I are gonna the eat. only time I wear gloves is either when I am. So when I do, like, I'm gonna smoke some pork tomorrow night, and when I do, like, the after it's injected and everything, and I do the rub, I'll wear gloves because I don't want to get all yeah. the paprika and chili powder all over my damn hands. Yeah, because it stains. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's the only time. That's when I'll wear the gloves. <laughs> or like if if I'm cutting up a ton of peppers, like if I'm doing a huge batch of like stuffed peppers or something, mm -hmm. I'll wear gloves to cut the peppers. Mm -hmm. But making me it. hungry too. Yeah. Well, you are the one that brings <laughs> like you're you're the you're the chili oil guy. I'm you know. Yeah, I'm the chili oil guy. So how? Often? So you don't need to mix your your chili oil anymore if you can't make it very well. Just call me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, I have just. <laughs> I know, guy. In fact, I have a whole big old jar that I haven't touched since I started buying yours. Yeah, we're gonna start making another one because everyone's been asking me for a while now about making a chili crunch or a chili crisp because there's a lot of those mm -hmm. coming out now. Yeah. You know, that have like the crunchy garlic, dehydrated garlic, and oh, crun crunchy really onion bits. So I'm gonna do one that's got those and then a little uh, brown coconut sugar. Mm, and that'd be good. Yeah, so it's gonna have that more sweet flavor too. So how often do you do you do production? Is it like a daily, weekly, monthly? We're we're not every day, but we're we're several days during the week. We're either making chili oil or packing our caramels or making our seasoning blends. And so you I'm guys have your kitchen own every day. You guys have your own kitchen space now. Yeah, or yeah. We, we share we share a space. It's a it's a co op commissary square kitchen downtown. Oh yeah, yeah there's yeah. a bunch of startups yep. in there. They're really yeah. really super helpful for people starting a business. Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've talked to a lot of people who got their start yeah. there or mm -hmm. who are still there. Yeah, and now I'm helping them out too because. Because my other, you know, passions are, are business coaching and marketing and consulting and stuff. And I understand food safety and, and FDA labeling and stuff. So they said, you want to advertise to all of our people that you can help them with creating labels or creating business plans or, you know, anything I can do to help them level up their that's business. Awesome. So we're really working with some good synergy together. Well, and that's a key thing. Like we find a lot of times that people struggle with the business side of it. They have a really good product. Mm -hmm. You, a lot of people. That's why you, businesses uh, fail, man. Right. That's why but, they fail. Yeah, if you don't know what you're doing yeah. or if you don't uh, uh, delegate it, you know, or take off those hats and hire – like I hired a social media company because I was doing it all myself and I don't need to be. Yeah, you're like, I don't have you the know? time. I would rather yeah. be focused I on – I hired a broker because I can do all the sales or I can have help, you know. Yeah. I hired – I mean, not hired, but I, I, I took on several mentors in the last couple of years. There's like the SCORE offices downtown. Mm -hmm. They offer free – uh, mentorships and stuff. And then a couple old friends and colleagues and clients, old bosses and stuff have offered to help me out when I have 
you know, when I come up with a question, I don't know the answer for. This, so it's funny. We, we've talked about this before, but in college of all the guys that I went to college with and graduated, uh, in architecture, I know myself and one other that survived yeah. all the rest of them crumbled because they're, they're really good at what they do, but they can't do accounts payable and receivable. They can't. That's because unless you go to school for business, they don't teach you that. They stuff. don't know any yeah. of that. Stuff. I have that we're, same. We're not taught that. I have that same conversation about doctors. So doctors go to school for 12 years mm-hmm. to learn how to do, especially surgeons, like 12 things really fucking well. Like they are the most specialized at doing those 12 things. And like you, Dr. Strange with his... You, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, like no, neuro, but, yeah. neurosurgeons, like they're even longer with fellowships and stuff, but like they go to school to learn how to do that really well and then they all go open their own practices and fail miserably because they're horrible with money. They don't know how to run a business and they don't understand why... After 12 years of school and fellowships and everything well, else. Because usually the surgeons are assholes too. <laughs> well, they, okay. They have God complexes. Be, be nurse, uh, and, and, and I, I want whatever fucking guys working on my nervous system or my back or my brain to be slightly eccentric and OCD. I do know because a they're not going to fuck up. Who isn't an asshole though. Yeah. Well, and you don't want him thinking about his accounts receivable while he's working on your back. I got to get no. a hold of Mark. I want him. I want him doing the same back surgery he's done on 500 other people yeah. and yeah. and being able to react to anything that he comes across without freaking out. You you want him to have like a Martha that's out there at the desk that's doing the doing call. All the yeah. other crap. I don't want him to also be building his own website. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to that doctor. Yeah, Mar- and Martha's handling the website person too, telling them, right. hey, you're yeah. not doing the right stuff but, with our website. But that's like doctors come out of college and they go into their own practice and it's the same thing. It's just mm-hmm. like that. You know, they they have Lawyers, this skill, they have this happens. talent, but they do not know how to run a business. Yep. It's a right. whole different world. Doctors, lawyers, architects. Because they, they, they don't teach yeah. that in school. I mean, I went to college for six nope. years. Not one day was it ever spent on, this is how you That's because client. you went to school to be an architect. Right. Not an office manager. Not a, it should be in every curriculum, I think. Even even back to high school. You know, well, even talking my, about taxes, talking about how to buy a yeah. house, talking about how to run your books. Even yeah, if, I, I'm, blown away, I'm blown away that, like, Basic personal financial stuff is not required as basic secondary edu- like high school education. Well, even my sure. daughter, she was just complaining. So she's, she'll be 25 in January and, uh, she just had to relocate from Colorado here. And so she's looking for a job and stuff. And she's just like, nobody teaches you huh. like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is how, you know, at the end of your lease, like watch out for these things and pay attention to these dates. And if you're considering these things, like, be aware of all of this stuff because she had to pay a one month extra add on. She was paying eighteen hundred dollars and she had to pay twenty six hundred dollars for Ouch. an apartment. She's not even living in for two months. Oh jeez! But that's how just, to read a contract one hundred and one. Well, and that's know. just it. When you're twenty four years old, you're not reading that depth, and and mm. even if you do, you're not remembering a year later, like or in her especially case, two years. Especially later. if you're planning to stay there, you're not thinking that until like all of a sudden yeah, shit the hits the before. fan, and yeah. you're like, oh. I'm well, giving so, my month's notice. Most food places and restaurants, what were you saying, Chris, don't last? Is it two years? Is kind of the... Yeah, it's yeah, really brutal. Years. Like, the food service industry in general, like, it's got like an it's 80% insane. failure rate. Yeah. It's, because, because even if your food is great, if you suck with all the rest of well, it. Yeah, well, if you can't run a business. Well, part of the problem is your food's usually not that great. Like, you might think it's really great, <laughs> but... 
I mean, truthfully, like there's, there's so many facets to restaurants and restaurants run on such thin margins anyway yeah. that trying to make one that's successful is super hard. And you're like, well, all my family loves my food and that might be true, yeah. but replicating that where That's you're not the one making hundreds it of times a day. Yeah. Where you're not the one making it that whole time that other people are making it and being able to deliver it out to a table with a quality service and still like, that's really hard to replicate. And the most difficult thing to do in the restaurant space is to open a second restaurant. So the, the people that are able to do that, like Pretty Bird, like Dat, uh, is Dat, right? Viet? Viet. I always call him Dat for some reason. His name's Viet. Uh, yep, but bam. what he's done with Pretty Bird. Yeah. I mean, mm. have you had Pretty Bird? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is yeah. super hard to I haven't had the replicate. bottle of champagne with it, though. You can, you can, their combo is like two two chicken sandwiches and a bottle of Moet or something. So, <laughs> yeah, when, like two hundred bucks. When he <laughs> opened uh, his place over by Eccles before the he was fir- actually even opened, opened yeah. we actually got to go in as a podcast, and he served us personally. He made us oh, a cool. private dinner. And, wow. was pretty cool. Yeah, that was probably was the best awesome. version of Pretty Bird you, you could have then. That's oh, amazing. it was amazing. And, and my insurance company anymore. now insures them, yeah. and I'm jealous because it's was, not my agent. But he was able to successfully replicate it. Like we've got a simple concept, which is a lot easier to replicate. Right. The Mexican joint with four cheesecake menu, factory, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah. so so that all being said, it's the same thing with what you do. If, if you've got a particular chili oil, it, people want it to taste the same yep. every time. Every time every they don't want to get it and be like something's. Not and that is right. hard. That is yeah. hard to do, especially if they're like cooking with it or something. That is hard to yeah, do exactly. taking something to a mass production level because your ingredient quality matters a lot and where you source that stuff from. And you can't like, yeah. just multiply. You can't just no, be like, no, you can't, you know, I make three ten. bottles with this. So to make 30, I, you know, multi- yeah, you can't. it doesn't work out that way no. usually. So, but also like setting up good relationships with your suppliers, you know, cause I need to make sure I can get the same peppers year round, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a lot of peppers. I can't, yeah. and, and you know, some, some friends we do, you can't do, be like the Sriracha factory and piss a bunch of people off and have bad harvest and yeah. like basically go out of business for a year. No, they're just going to sell twice as much next yeah, year. That's, that's true. It's a good marketing. Or you could just, tactic, you know, buy Thai sriracha, which is better, and it's the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> His brother was looking all over for it, and, make, and that's make your own. Yeah. We actually shipped him some because we're like, "Why are you buying that?" He, he, he's like, "Oh, we're out of sriracha. Like, it's hard to find." And he lives in Green River, Wyoming, and I'm like, "I'll just go to the Asian store and send you real sriracha." Yeah, right. Like, like from Thailand. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. But yeah, that's the, that's the idea. You have to have good suppliers. And you got to be prepared for scaling up too. Cause like, say we landed a big, huge, you know, multi-chain grocery account. Like we're in, I don't know, 80, 80 to 100 stores yeah, around the country. Let, let's say you land like Kroger and they yeah, want to. if we land Kroger and they got 700 stores or something like that and they want a pallet for each store. I can't. <laughs> I will tell them, okay, call me in six months. I'll have that made. Right. Like, I, they're going to be we're like, preparing no. now yeah. so that we have inventory so that when we land a bigger client, like, they're say, like, okay, we want Harman the delivery in a month. <laughs> yeah. Or if Whole Foods brings us back in, which we're working on. They might say we need a pallet and they, they're going to want it within two weeks. Yeah. Right. What. They we don't. can't tell them, well, give us six weeks. Yeah. They're, they're going to go find the next guy who can make chili oil, you know? So you got to be, be prepared for that before you go to pitch those kinds of distributors. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to it than just producing it. Like you said, it's getting the product. Mm-hmm. And, and especially With rising food costs, like half, what is it? 49% of the sunflower oil in the world comes from Ukraine. And when all the shipments stopped. Oh shit, are you serious? The, yeah. Oh, so the man. price went up from a, a year ago, so it was like 50 bucks for a, for a big jug of canola, or not canola, sunflower. sunflower. And 
This year it's like 120. That's so, so weird. It almost that, tripled in a year. That's and so I can't weird triple that the half price. of it comes out of the Ukraine. Sunflower oil. Yeah. Well, that's just, one of their big exports. The shit that people have is weeds in their front yard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I all mean, over groceries the in general, like eggs are like four and five bucks mm-hmm. and, right. and milk's five and six right. dollars. Things that's like. And they're commodities though. People will, will pay that because they need it. You right. Know? I can't raise the price of chili beef in the grocery store three times. Right. You know, yeah, so you can't be like losing a lot of money until the market goes back down for sunflower. But then we're also looking at, okay, how can we pivot and make an avocado oil version? Cause it's also high heat. It's a super clean oil, cleaner than even high oleic. And they got a whole oil. bunch of fucking avocados in California a that they bunch. can't get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> because China stopped, well, and almonds too. They and almonds. stopped yeah. pulling them. So yeah. almond oil might taste weird, but an now, avocado oil, oil tastes you know, really weird. A, high, oh, a higher avocado, end version of chili beef would be great, you know. Now, so avocados are really good neutral oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to go canola. We don't. We, we like making a high quality, clean product. You know, we don't want to be the four ninety nine version of chili oil at Walmart. You know. Yeah. We would need a big facility to even do that. We don't want to do that. Also, you know? I don't think Walmart will ever sell something like chili oil. Oh, they have plenty of it. They've got they? all the three ninety nine versions not that stuff. are soybean oil and crap. Yeah, not good stuff. Canola soybean blend. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Don't do that to your gut. No. We we like super clean ingredients. One of the, one of the sauces we actually just launched is an aged fatale pepper sauce. So we ferment the fatale peppers, mm. and then just add organic apple cider vinegar with the mother in it. So it's like the most healthy, cleanest hot sauce. It's just three ingredients: fermented wow. peppers, organic vinegar, and salt. That sounds good. And my wife and I, it's, we call it our medicine. We put on everything. Like we make salads a lot and stuff at home. So it's just like that goes on everything. We'll go through like a bottle every three days. Wow, it's crazy. I'll bring you guys some. <laughs> That's a that's that a lot of sauce. Though. That's a lot of hot sauce. That's just another one of the things. I'm like I'm. My wife would probably like if I wasn't playing in the kitchen all the time, but I'm always just coming up with something. Your house around. would be a lot less peppery. I don't know. Probably not though. Like he's always cooking stuff, and I. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> you should see our house. It's like it's like an apothecary full of spices and blends and chilies and a hundred different random sauces I made. You know. Late at night. So, <laughs> so how, how much have you grown since you took over? So I'm assuming it was just the two of them, the it owners. It was just the two of them, yeah. And then they had a couple friends helping out, like when they did markets and stuff, which we're about the same. I've got, I've got about eight employees right now. And by employees, I mean friends that help, you know, in between their day jobs and their personal life and stuff. So we've, what we're doing right now is trying to build a team. Mm-hmm. And when you ask like how much we've grown, like we've scaled the company 25 times. From That's what wild. it was worth three years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. And our goal is to do that another 50 times, then another 100 times and like scale it up in stages, bring on some investors, which right now we're working on a pitch deck. And like I hired a friend who's who just helps companies like find investors and stuff. And he's been helping us put together like a business plan and all of that. Because again, delegate and I could do it all myself, but then I can't also go to a farmer's market and go to the kitchen right. and go sell it and go deliver it. And can't have do all a life. That. And have a life. You know, <laughs> a happy wife, happy life. I just got married a year ago, so I got to <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be good, you know, and think about that work-life balance because really you spend half your time working mm-hmm, you right. know? and half your time, a third of your time sleeping. That doesn't leave a lot of time for right. your partner or your family, you know. I sleep with my partner, though, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> at least you're at least you're close. So what's yeah. the goal? What's the goal for your company next 3 to 5 years or so? I want to continue to build the team. Like I think of it more as like picking out my favorite people I want to play with on a ball game, or you know, a baseball team and like building a team of people that I want to spend my time with. People that are excited, 
to learn different aspects of the business. Like some of my best employees are my, my good friends, kids, you know, they're young, they're impressionable, but they're also super ambitious. They're super smart, way smarter than we were at, at that age. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you know, so working with people that I love working with and then building a team and launching, like kind of want to be like this idea lab. Cause like sauce town, we're like an incubator to help other companies start up and grow chili beak. We're building our brand chill beak now doing that with the gummy space too. And then just like having like this, I don't know, R and D kitchen lab where people can come up with ideas and then we take them out to market, you know, and then we have fun with it. Cause also like we started doing music festivals instead of just farmers markets. You know how much fun it is to go camp out for three days with That'd your wife cool. and your partners, yeah, your friends, great. <laughs> camp out. And then during the day have our booth, you know, sell some stuff and then hang out and listen to music and dance all night. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. We can we camp with our friends. It's true. Yeah. Camping's great. We just don't develop anything. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so how can uh, how can people find you and get a hold of you and buy your oils and so chilibeak.com is the best spot. Uh, go to Harmon's. We're in the Cheese Island. We're not we're not in the center of the store. Buy all the hot sauces and chili oils and there with the cheesemongers hanging yeah, out. Yeah, cheesemongers have it all. So oh, which is good and bad because I get friends calling me all the time. They're like, I'm at Harmon's. I'm looking by the t- the tapatio. I can't find it. Like, it's go like over it's the not, cheese. It's island. chili oil, not hot sauce. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, uh, then that Ca- is a- Caputo's is 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 our is one of our best relationships. We insure them too. We yeah. love Caputo's. Yeah, they're uh, awesome. The thing about Harmon's is by the cheese aisle is where you actually will find some of the most local stuff, mm-hmm. like because, the chocolates. Yeah. yeah, the chocolates, your chili oil. There's a lot of like local right. jam makers and stuff like yep. that, yep. Like, and just your local cheeses. Like uh, yeah, yeah. And I They've can't talk. I can't talk enough about Harmon's and how awesome they are for the local business community, especially people they're in a space like yeah. yours. They are so. Cause they're not, they're not just like, yeah, we'll put anything in our store. Mm-hmm. They make you actually jump they through hoops to do it. it. Yeah. 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 You got to come do demos. You got to, you know, educate customers. You got to get out there. But I like to think they are giving local businesses in particular, uh, a soft experience with that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Like yeah. it still sucks if they say no, but it's a much better experience than, Somehow managing to land like a pitch to a, a grocer like Kroger, yeah, which is the biggest grocer in the country, I think, probably, mm-hmm. and or like like uh, what a stores or whatever the hell they're called, like the Associated Foods, yeah, Associated stores. Foods. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. like if you get a pitch in front of those guys and you fuck up, like you're done. Yeah, like, you're, you're one, not you're one and done. You're, <laughs> you're not getting back in there, and you probably ought to just consider you know switching up businesses because right. you're probably not getting back right. in front of those people. So. Yeah, and we like being in, like we're we're in so say like Caputo's, Liberty Heights, Jade Market, mm-hmm. those kind of specialty markets. We're in like De La Renti's in Seattle, Pike's Place. We're in Martha's Vineyard. We're in shops that are like that. That are specialty because those consumers aren't going to Walmart or aren't going to Kroger nope. to buy their chili oil. Right. They're going to their local little market to see what fancy cheeses and meats and yep. toppings and condiments that they the have. Perfect places to buy that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So we're never going to sell a million units in a month, you know, doing it this way, but that's okay. As long as I can keep food on the table and a roof over my head and jobs for people that need jobs and want jobs. You know, cre- yeah. creating jobs for people. And you're able to maintain a high-end product with, mm-hmm. with good flavor. So, yeah. I okay, so we have one more question to ask you. Um, because you made Utah your home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a California boy that's uh, come up to live in Utah. And the land of opportunity. You managed to stay <laughs> here and not go back to California, which says a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Cal- Calif- California, California, Slovakia, is that what they call it? <laughs> I mean, the, the taxes, I love California. I miss, you know, family and friends. Most of my family left California by now, too. They're smart. But 
friends and stuff. I miss the beach, but going back and seeing the traffic, seeing the crime, seeing the pop, you know, the smog. I mean, it's not the all same of place, that. Our smog is nothing compared to that. Uh, and the our smog fires the last couple of years. Yeah, the and, fires, our, and our smog is really bad. But I have just recently been looking at like air particulate numbers, like average air particulate numbers. Yeah, California still almost double us most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Outside of January, you don't just think we have it bad. We do in January, <laughs> but that's about it. Like we have some of the worst air in the world in January, mm-hmm. but the average across the the year. California is still double us yeah, in most of yeah, their, their places. So, sure. um, But anyway, my question is, uh, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Uh, I would say the sense of community. So I'm also highly involved in the Burning Man community here. Um, I'm one of the regional contacts for Burning Man for the state of Utah. There's five of us. We kind of just help educate the community and uh, organize events and stuff like that. Um, but in the burner community, especially, and also in the arts community and the music community and the bar community, the karaoke community, like there's so many like pockets of people that get along so well. And like the tribe mentality, like people here in LA, it's like a rat race. It's like, who do you know? Or what do you do like that? We're here. It's like your family. Like I've got several different groups and circles of friends and they're all family, like all of us together, you know? And one one friend was was talking about this idea of that because a lot of a lot of us or a lot of a lot of people here grew up on, with the Mormon religion and with that family community right. sense, you know, and they think that's why even all the old hippies and burners and all those people, you know, they still have that core belief system, mm-hmm. you know, of just gathering together and helping each other out, and like watching watching out for each other. Well, that's awesome. I like that. That's a good answer. What uh, what card did you pull there, Bree? Whatever you are thinking about, don't do it. <laughs> now is not the fucking time. <laughs> what is this deck? I need that. <laughs> our, our oracle for the week. That, that's great. So we, yeah. uh, you can look at the box I, there. We, I we pull take that a, advice. Doing doing less is doing more. We pull a, we pull a card every week. Uh, we've almost gotten through the whole thing. Nice. The Deep dogs. Dog. The dog's one. hurting himself over there. <laughs> He probably like scratched his ear wrong or something. I scared him or something. Well, he's he's fifteen and deaf, and he's you know. Today's his birthday. No, happy birthday. Yeah, he he can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) He's over by you. Like we, he's he's so he's like deaf. I'll give give him a scratch. (laughs) We've switched to hand signals long long ago. (laughs) It's really sad though, because you know dogs when they go deaf, they think you just stop talking to them. No, they've determined they've determined (laughs) that they don't realize it. So like you have to make a concerted effort to like Mm -hmm. to interact with them. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So So we like yell at him a lot. He sleeps in the threshold of doorways, so Mm -hmm. when you walk past, he wakes up. Yeah, you can still step over him (laughs) and then go back into the. Now he's gonna think he's invisible. Also, yeah. If you know you're just like running to the bathroom and you're going to be back, like you just don't wake him up and he just has no clue that you even left. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Max. It's been a pleasure to talk to you for sure. Yeah. Thanks Uh, for having me. If you folks like what you heard, please uh, share the episode. Um, You can find us out on social media at TNU Podcast uh, and go to our website, thenewutah.com. Also, hotdog-water.com. I just renewed the domain. (laughs) Has it been a year? Also, people don't wear blackface. Next time we'll have to com- compare uh, domain names. I got about eighty of them <laughs> yeah, that serious. are just silly ideas like the that. The thing is, you should if you think of a domain name and it's available for two bucks, just buy it. Just buy it. Yeah. You're not gonna notice. Wait, what did that talk? What did that card say though? Uh, don't oh, don't do fucking it. do it. <laughs> yeah, <all the> time. <laughs> don't yeah. buy no more domains. Yeah. Well, I did already uh, renew that one, so it's got another year on it. 
Hot dog dash water. Hot dog water dot com was twenty five hundred dollars. I'm like, fuck that. Dang. Put a well, dash in there. The dash. I, I bought. I can't believe it's not taken dot com years <laughs> ago because I was just finding a place to sell all of my old silly domain names. Yeah, this, I love domain names. They're just fun to hold on to because it's. Yep. Just, it is actually, if you think about it, it is a. Uh, a, a piece of of equity in something. Yeah. Totally, like it is. You're buying us a, a part, a space in time. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, like Bree said, please stop wearing blackface, people. It's it's not cool. Hasn't been for a century. Mm-hmm.